the last few weeks we have been studying different aspects of the Christmas story as part of our series called Emmanuel, which means God with us. This idea of God being with us, this is the story that all of the scriptures proclaim. It's why we celebrate Christmas. And one of the ways that we think about God coming, dwelling among us, one of the ways that we talk about it is to talk about light in the midst of darkness. In the Gospel of John, that's where we get that language from, and we'll be in the Gospel of John today. So if you have your Bibles, I encourage you to turn there. If you don't have your Bibles and would like one, there are some available on the tables in the back, or you can use your digital device. Uh, We're in John chapter 1. We'll also be in Genesis 1, and it will be a lot of fun. Now, when I say fun, I mean church fun, (laughs) not actual fun. So don't get your hopes up. Uh, One other thing, too, is since our uh, amazing adventure kids are here, uh, if you are around uh, an adventure kid or or maybe you're just in this room, one of the things I'm going to need you to do for a little bit later is to find your cellular device, your phone, and if you have a flashlight feature on that phone, I want you to gear up and get ready for that, okay? (laughs) Friends. I just got done self-indulgently playing the drums and fulfilling a wager that I made to Danny. Now I'm preaching, I need you to help me. In a minute, we're gonna be turning on our phones. If you have a flashlight function, I need you to find that. You got it? Okay, there we go. See, Merry Christmas, we're back. Here we go. How is it that light comes into darkness? More poignantly, how do you find light in the midst of darkness. We live in a world of chaos. We live in a world that, for some of us, feels like it's spiraling out of control. Christmas, for many of us, is not necessarily a time of light and celebration. For many of us, Christmas time is a pointed reminder of death, agony, fear, and despair. The empty seats at the dinner table tomorrow remind us that there is darkness in the world. The anxiety that we feel as we approach our celebrations reminds us that there is darkness in the world. For many of us, the last thing we need is for Christmas to come because it hurts. And so how do we find light in the midst of that darkness. We are, as created beings, made for light. We need light in order to truly flourish. And yet many of us feel like children that are traveling home, but we've misjudged the timing and the darkness has crept in and we are without a light. And just as that child striving to make their way home as darkness begins to surround We lose our way, we become lost, we become fearful, we agonize, we grasp, we long for home and light. We need light in order to see clearly. We need light in order to know the way. And we need light to find peace. For it is in the darkness that we are in despair. So how do you find light? We as a people, we know there's darkness. 
We know that there's dark. We know the reality of evil and darkness. We, this is something phenomenal. I, I find this fascinating. Think about the TV shows that are most popular over the last decade. We entertain ourselves with apocalypse. Game of Thrones, House of Cards, Battlestar Galactica. Oh, I'm out of here. Y'all, you don't like Battlestar Galactica? You got a problem with BSG? What's up? BSG, you know me. Okay, so Battlestar Galactica about the end of the world. Hmm? Walking Dead. No. It's a, it's a show. You know, can we agree that it's a show? I'm not saying these are good shows. I'm just saying that every day, millions of people in our community work and then go home and to relax, watch stories about the end of the world. We know that there's darkness. And we're trying to reckon with that darkness. We're trying to make sense of it. We're trying to bring some light to the darkness. And one of the interesting things about the majority of the stories that we tell ourselves related to apocalypse or the end of the world is what ends up saving the world in many of these stories is ourselves. Usually what we tell ourselves in these stories is that what we need is more education. If people would just be more educated, then we would have the light. If we could just have more technology, then we would find the light. If we could just have enough uh, art and expressions of art, if we could just be more in touch with our feelings, then we would have light, then we would have cosmic flourishing. We are telling ourselves that we are the answer to the question, how do we bring light into darkness? But of course, a, a brief look at human history and you will find that it is oftentimes the most educated, artistically robust, most technologically advanced societies that do the most violence. Nazi Germany, Imperial Rome. You find that education and technology and the arts and being more in touch with ourselves, what that ends up begetting oftentimes is an us versus them. We the enlightened and those the despicable. And of course, that breeds more what? Darkness. So how are we to find darkness? I mean, friends, I can't even make an omelet, much less usher in light into the cosmos. I mean, if we are responsible to bring about absolute cosmic human flourishing, we are finding ourselves without hope. Most of us have difficulty turning on the television to the channel that we want. How can we be responsible for ultimate human flourishing and light? The scriptures teach us that the problem with the world is us. It is a heart turned in towards itself, a heart that clings to the darkness a heart that ignores its God and elevates itself as sovereign. And this creates darkness, just like the child trying to navigate their way home. And you know darkness is scary, right? Didn't we have a talk about this? You guys got to talk back to me. You guys know darkness is scary, right? Okay. Let's see how we feel when the room is completely dark. Let's kill the lights.
Where are you? I, over, over where? Where are you? Polo. 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 Now, you all have a pretty good guess of where I am because we had the lights on me a minute ago. And I know everyone who's checking out the sports scores on their phone, I can see you. Let's bring the lights back on. Imagine a world in complete darkness. Imagine your soul in complete darkness. A heart turned in towards itself. We, we sing, there's one of the songs that we sang a moment ago, long lay the world in sin and error pining until he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A soul without an anchor longs to be anchored. A soul without a center longs to be centered. A soul apart from its creator longs for its creator. The problem with the world is not something out there, it's something in here. We've broken our hearts because we have rebelled against God. And the story of the cosmos is the story recorded in scripture that God is the one who brings light into darkness. In John chapter one, verses one, and I'm gonna read this. You can follow along with me in your Bibles if you have them. In the beginning was the word, And the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of mankind. The light shines in the darkness and what? The darkness has not overcome it. This language that the Gospel of John uses sounds a little familiar. In fact, those first three words, I'm going to read them again, and then I want you to, I want you to think for a minute if you've ever heard these words before. You ready? Here we go. In the beginning. Have you guys ever heard that before? It sounds very familiar. It sounds familiar to me. In fact, it might even be the opening of, like, the Bible. You guys know Star Wars? Star Wars, we've, uh, who's, who's, a good fa- who's a fan of Star Wars up in here? Yeah, okay. Yeah, may the fourth be with you. Um, in Star Wars, the opening crawl, right? You know it's a Star Wars movie, how? You're seated in the theater. Obviously, you bought your tickets. You're expecting it to be Star Wars. But one of the ways you know that something awesome is about to happen is those big letters appear on the screen. Am I right? Okay, I just saw... The most recent Star Wars, it's awesome. Just want to say that. Just want to say that. Kids, you guys seen the new Star Wars? Anybody? Nobody? How about dads? Seen the new Star Wars? Moms and dads, we doing good? Yeah, we're doing good. Great Star Wars movie. Way better than the ones in the 90s. Yeah. We can amen. Friends, the most recent Star Wars is way better than the ones in the 90s. Amen. And it's just, uh, just, uh, just a, a, a cold, hard fact. You know something epic is going to happen when those words appear on the screen. Now, in Genesis 1, and I'm going to read uh, Genesis 1, it says this. And, uh, give it a listen. See if anything sounds familiar. In the beginning, 
God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and the darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, wait, what did God do? Tell me now, what's the action that God did there? God said, he spoke what? A word. You with me? Let there be what? Light. We're going to do that one more time. Let there be light. And there was light. And then God separates the darkness from the light. Now, here's what's fascinating. In the Gospel of John, I'm going to read it again. I want you to remember Genesis 1, which we just read. See if anything sounds familiar. You ready? Mm-mm. You ready? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. What? All things were what? Made. Okay, remember that whole make thing in Genesis? Uh, made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness. The darkness has not overcome it. You have here in the Gospel of John a cosmic opening crawl to the movie. What John is doing here as he talks about Christmas is that Christmas is the story that's been spoken of since the beginning, light into darkness. You see, God brings light into the darkness. The problem with the world is our broken heart, our rebellious hearts, and there are three things that God could do in order to fix it. So if we're not the solution, God is the solution. How do we fix it? How do we bring light into darkness? I'm glad you asked. Option number one, destroy everybody and start over. Yep, it's an option. You guys ever heard about the flood? Right? Noah's Ark? Right? Scary, huh? It is scary. If you're not on the boat, it's scary. Number two, God could just ignore it and walk away, and leave us to our despair. Or three, God can enter into the story. The fascinating thing about Christmas is this, is that it's not God away from us, it's not God apart from us, it's not God against us, it's not God indifferent towards us. The word given to Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. This is one of the things that separates Christianity from all other understandings of the cosmos, namely that there is a God, And that God is not indifferent towards our plight. Rather, God enters into our pain and our suffering. Think about the nativity. You ever seen one of those? The nativity. God in a stable or a manger. God where? Away from us? No. God indifferent towards us? God what? with us. This is unique to all other worldviews, all other understandings of the cosmos. Either have God completely indifferent towards us, or their understanding might be that God is against us, or that God is completely separate from us. But here we have the story of Christmas being Emmanuel, God with us. 
He brings light into darkness. You see, we are like children trying to get home, but the darkness has surrounded us. We need someone outside of ourselves to come into the scene, into the story, into our life, to bring light and show us the way. For we need light to see clearly. We need light to know the way. And we need light to know peace. How do you answer the question, who am I? Why am I here? What's wrong with the world? How do we fix it? Do you know the answer? Do you see the answer to those questions clearly? Or are you in darkness? How do you answer, who am I? Why am I here? What's wrong with the world? And how do we fix it? We need light from God to see clearly. Two, how will you ever find true flourishing? You see, as I remember being a kid, and kids, are you guys excited about the gifts under the tree? Oh, it doesn't sound like you're very excited about the gifts under the tree. Yeah, I'm personally going crazy about it. I really like the drumstick gift, but my wife has one, and it's, she won't let me take a peek. It's sitting under the tree, I'm waiting until tomorrow. Are you waiting till tonight or tomorrow? Yeah. No, you guys already opened? Oh, lucky. One of the things that we know, though, as we grow older, is that no matter how great the gift, it never completely satisfies us. No matter how great the gift, it never completely ushers in our flourishing. Do you know the way to true flourishing? Can you see it? As you ask the big questions of life, where are you going? As you decide and navigate, do you know the way? We need light to know the way. And finally, we need light to find peace. If you've ever been in the wilderness in the dark, you know that fire, oftentimes, even if you don't need the warmth, just the light brings comfort. Just to be able to see just a few feet gives us some level of peace. And the warmth, especially in the cold, the nearer we are to the light, the nearer we are to the fire, the warmer it is. The empty seats at Christmas, the vivid reminders of the pain that has been brought to your doorstep. Where will you find peace? Will you find it in nostalgia? Will you find it in substances? Will you simply ignore it and wish it away? Where will you find peace in the midst of pain? I want you to think for a moment about Christmas. I want you to think for a moment about the nature of the Christmas story. God entering into our wilderness, entering into our pain, our sorrow, and our suffering. Jesus did not come into a palace. Jesus did not come into royalty. He came into pain. Which at least means this, that the pain that you and I feel, the pain that you and I are reminded of, even this moment, it is not without meaning. 
If there really is no God and Christmas really is just, just a bunch of stories that we tell ourselves, then we are left alone in this cosmos. If Christmas is simply a story that we tell ourselves to make ourselves feel better, then we are alone. But if Christmas is a celebration of God in the flesh, then we are never alone. I want you to think about Christmas. I want you to think about your pain. Dorothy Sayers is an author. She was an author in the mid-1900s, and she said this. For whatever reason that God chose to make us as we are, limited, suffering, and subject to sorrow and death, he had the honesty and the courage to take his own medicine. He can exact nothing from mankind that he has not exacted from himself. He has himself gone through the whole of human experience, from the trivial irritations of family life and the cramping restrictions of hard work and the lack of money to the worst horrors of pain, humiliation, defeat, despair, and death. He was born in poverty and died in disgrace, and he counted it all worthwhile. Christmas is a story of God entering in to our darkness. Christmas is a celebration of the God of the universe not destroying his rebellious creation, but entering into their pain, entering into our suffering, entering into our restrictions, As we celebrate Christmas, we think about light. How is it that the light comes into our darkness? The light is born into poverty. We celebrate that on Christmas. And the light of the world was crucified on Good Friday. But on Easter, we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ, his conquering over Satan, sin, and death. And if it is false, if it is just a story, then you and I are utterly, cosmically alone. But if Easter is a celebration of God in the flesh, destroyed on our behalf, and risen from the grave, conquering over Satan, sin, and death, then you and I are never alone. Moreover, every ounce of suffering that we experience in this life is not without meaning, and we are not left without strength. For God is with us. In the midst of the darkness, we cry out and we long. There is a God who loves you. There is a God who has taken on flesh and who dwells among us. There is a God who knows exactly how you feel. For Jesus was abandoned, betrayed, abused, And he counted it all worthwhile because he loves you. We are like lost children, longing for home, wandering in the dark without light. And Jesus has come into the light, brought light into the darkness, and showed us the way home. Now, for those of us that follow after Jesus, 
we can be reflections of that light to one another as we show grace, love, and mercy. And so my question for you is this Christmas season, how will you reflect the light of Christ to those around you? Is there forgiveness that needs to happen? Is there a kind word that needs to be spoken? Is there a sacrifice that needs to be made for someone else's benefit? We can reflect the light of Christ. For those of us that are still trying to figure this whole Jesus thing out, here's my question. These questions that we've asked, will you take them seriously? How do you answer the question, who am I? Why am I here? What's wrong with the world? How do we fix it? I can tell you that there is no more satisfying answer out there to those questions than the ones found in Jesus, God in the flesh and dwelling among us. Would you pray with me?